Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. Thank you, Pastor David. Wow. So here, you sound beautiful. Thank you. It's, uh, I have here in my notes, it's so good to be back. Not sure if I'm happy or concerned for y'all about me speaking today. Uh, when I was asked to speak um, today, they gave me the option to pick Thanksgiving or Christmas. So today's message is going to be about baby Jesus eating turkey. Okay, that's, that joke went over better in my head. But no, it's actually going to be about the tabernacle of David. No, that's another joke also. We're not doing that. All right, let's all stand and uh, listen. Yeah, let's all stand. We're going to read his holy word here in a second. Uh, the Lord, though, uh, before I, we get into the scripture here, um, I love what he did. He took a long time in worship so I could take a little time here. So, uh, now, um, real quick, though, you know, there's, I have a lot of friends in this room, a lot of dear friends, um, but I just want to honor my buddy, Joel. Man, you, you blessed me tonight there toward the end. You're, you're playing your voice. I mean, it's beautiful, man, so... Thank you for just yielding to the spirit. I appreciate that. Also, um, it's hard to hear yourself up here. I didn't really know that. So there's that. Um, okay, so we're going to start in Romans 15, 1 through 13. Uh, we've got a lot of verses to get through. Will you guys join me in reading together? We got it on the big screen here. Look at that. All right. Let's start together. Ready? One, two, three. Who we are. Oh, let's start again. Here we go. One, two, three. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his... Yes. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in the former days, what was written? Yes. Woo. Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. We're almost done. And the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Next one. And again, it said, 
Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come even when he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you and we thank you and we honor you and we glorify you. Let me be your mouthpiece today, Father. Use me to speak what you will, Father. I'm here to serve you and your people. We love you, Jesus. Amen. All right, you guys. Today, I'm going to be sharing on the topic of hope. We could all use a little hope every now and then. Am I right? And the title of my message is Keep Your Hope Hot. Keep Your Hope Hot. I'd like to start off by saying that all my stories are true. And if they're not, I'll tell you, okay? My wife sent me this quote on hope when she found out I was speaking on the topic of hope. And it's from one of our great American poets, Emily Dickinson. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. It's a really beautiful uh, interpretation of hope. So um, back in the day, I used to play football. And um, at, there was a point in every uh, game where the third quarter would end and the fourth quarter would begin. And in between those, uh, right in that moment, Everybody, all the players, all the people in the stands, everybody would put up their right hand with four fingers indicating that it's the fourth quarter. And so, man, we would get super hyped. I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. <laughs> that was 20 years ago. Um, and um, we'd all start putting up, it's fourth quarter, fourth quarter. Everyone was like, got their hands raising up, you know, pacing back and forth. And... Um, you know, it, 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 of course, you know, we we're indicating, yes, that the fourth quarter, that the third quarter was over. Um, and, um, but it wasn't just that. It was, we weren't just signifying that the third quarter was over. You know, see, it's, um, we were choosing to choose hope in that next quarter that was coming up. We were choosing to fight for one more quarter for ourselves, for our teammates, for each other, for our fans. Choosing to dig deep and find that, finding that extra gear that we needed to get us over the hump, get us over that finish line. Um, sadly, we, we didn't do too well my senior year. So, uh, all the pacing and all that, it was, it was all nice. It didn't help us. No, but, um, you know, we're in the fourth quarter of 2023. You know, this is the tail end of the year, you know, and sometimes during the Christmas season, yeah, everybody put up your fours. There we go. If you want to get, get out and start pacing, you can do that. No. Uh, but, you know, we're in the fourth quarter of 2023. And uh, sometimes during the season of Christmas, hope can sometimes take a back seat. Maybe not because you want it to, but because the hustle and bustle of the season can cause us just to lose focus. Nothing more, nothing less. 
But I want to encourage you to keep the flame of hope burning stronger and brighter than ever. When you're down or if you're just not having a good day and the issues of life just kind of mount up quickly, you know, we can forget as believers that there's always hope to cling to. In order to understand hope, well, we need to define it. Let's define hope. So I went to Webster's Dictionary, as one does, to find out what the regular old run-of-the-mill definition of hope is. Webster's definition of hope is, drum roll please, all right, that was good, a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. It's kind of like crossing your fingers. I hope, hope it happens. You know, normal hope is boiled down to this, when you really want something to happen. So uh, yesterday we, um, for those of you who don't know, I've got some little kids running around. They run around the building. For, oh, look, there they are. They're back there. Um, I've got three little kids, so there's, there's no uh, lack for hoping for things to happen and take place. Uh, and so, I mean, every day there's examples of them wanting something and hoping for something to take place, you know. So, but just last night, uh, we went to purchase our family tree for the season, and uh, we go up to this little farm over, we, so here's the deal, we live kind of far out in the sticks, but it's nice because there's longhorns across the street from where I live, so it's in the morning, I sip on my coffee, I can see the longhorns, and it brings joy to my soul. That's part of, that's part of my hope. <laughs> so that's part of my, my little cocktail of hope right there, coffee and longhorns. But uh, we go to this little farm not too far from the house, and it's called Team Family Farms. They've been there for a long time. They, uh, they actually kind of recognize us when we come up. And yesterday, one of them was like, are we, are we related? I was like, no, we're not related. I think he was being funny, but you get the gist there. They've seen us. They kind of know us. And so we get off, and we get all the kids off the car, and we, um, they have lines of trees. And so we just kind of look at the trees, and we immediately just pick the tree. We're like, all right, that's the tree we want. So we got the tree, threw it in the car. I went to uh, Dennard's, bought this shirt after. Thank you. It was only $30, so uh, it also worked into the, the hope of financial blessing, so that's good. It worked in our financial hope uh, budget, but I'm getting off track here. I'm so sorry. The spirit of David Binion is upon me. What is happening to me? I said, no, not today. So late as it is, Lord, what are you doing? So the kids were all super excited, right? We got back home from the tree and the store to get shirts for everybody. And, and uh, they were like, we're ready. Let's decorate this tree. And it was already, the sun was already going down. So that was part of the deal. Once we had left the house to go get the tree, it was kind of four o'clock in the afternoon-ish, maybe a little later. So by the time we got home, it was already dark and it started to rain. I was like, oh man, I got to get the tree off the car, get into the garage to let it dry out some. And so... The kids were like, all right, we're ready to decorate. Mom and dad were tired. And so mom and dad were like, hey, tell you what, why don't we, um, why don't we try to do this in the morning? They were like, no, we, we really want to do this. They were hoping to get the tree decorated, right? And so uh, mom and dad won, of course. 
Not without some kicking and screaming, right, buddy? <laughs> and uh, we decorated that tree this morning, so that's cool. Never in the history of my life have I decorated a tree on a Sunday morning. So that was pretty cool. My wife, my beautiful wife, made amazing cinnamon rolls, and um, they were really good. I made breakfast tacos. Nobody ate them except for me. It's okay. That was good. But the kids had fun. We decked the halls, as they say. But that's an example of your every everyday kind of hope. Kids were just hoping to put stuff on the tree, get the lights up, and um, so let's talk about what the Bible says hope is. So here's kind of my, my little definition that, I'm, that I kind of zeroed in on for what is biblical hope. I'd like to define it as this, a confident expectation and desire that good things, so pause, good things are God's promises, Right? God's promises lie ahead of us. It's, see, it's not the finger-crossing type of hope like normal hope. This is its certain hope. I love what John Piper said about hope. He said, hope is like a reservoir of emotional strength. It's, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Hope is like a reservoir of emotional strength. See, hope doesn't come naturally to us as people. It's something we have to work on. When our reservoir of hope is running on empty, we have to, the run, to the, we have to run to the source of hope. I love what Psalm 42 verse 5 says. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. And Tanner kind of alluded to this at the top of service, which is pretty cool. But see, in that verse, we have the soul examining itself. And it begins to encourage itself, just like Tanner was talking about at the top of service. Just all through the Psalms, we see example after example of this very thing. The fight for hope in God. I heard this, uh, this a long time ago, and I uh, was very fond of it, this, uh, to the point that uh, this is something I encourage my wife to do daily, also myself, so. But anybody ever heard of Joyce Meyer? Yeah, a few of us, right? She's, she's got a small little ministry. No, she's, she's awesome. But she... Um, long time ago, I heard her talking about like being thankful and um, how she keeps like a, a journal or a log of thankfulness. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. But kind of to take it one step further, every time she thinks of something new to be thankful for, she adds it to her list. I was like, hey, that's pretty neat. So um, on days when you're feeling down or hopeless, Pull out that log and read those receipts. When you think of new things in your life that you're thankful for, add them to the list. For some, it's just a mental log. That's kind of more my vibe. For others, it's pen and paper. And for some, it's notes on a phone. You see, the normal Christian life 
is the fight for hope in God. Society is pointing us to every which way other than to its creator. Everything is fighting for your attention. And the thing is, we become what we ingest. As Christ-centered spiritual beings, we must stay vigilant and feeding ourselves hope in God daily. How can we do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. You guys are great students. I want to give you guys three practical applications uh, to keep your hope hot. Everyone say, keep your hope hot. Uh, Say it like you mean it. I think you got a better one in you. I, get, I hear a lot from the front row, not so much the back, but it just may be because of my ear. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just my ears. Hope is a three-pronged concept, desire, object, and expectation. So we need both spiritual and the practical hope components. What do I mean? Well, there are times when the I really desire for something to happen type of hope, the normal hope, is exactly what we need. This first point uh, has been a long-time fan favorite of mine, one that uh, I have gained hope from for years and years. The first one is friendship, and friendships bring hope. See, You are filled with hope when Romans 15, what we read earlier, is exercised. So let's look back real quick. Romans 15, 5 through 7, and then we're going to jump to verse 13. It says, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. Six, that together you may with one voice glorify God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Seven, therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Christ, the hope of the Jews and the Gentiles. We're jumping to 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. We need each other. Because unity is a catalyst for hope. The one voice thing that verse 6 was pointing to is exactly that, unity. And unity precedes hope. Last week we had some friends over the house for Thanksgiving. Uh, You know, I think they call it Friendsgiving. You know, when when they're not family, you got to make up something for it. So they call it Friendsgiving. Um, I bet some of your wish that your family were just friends that you didn't have to invite. I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't, I don't know what I just said. Um, anyway, so we had some friends over, and uh, for those of you who don't know me well enough to know this, I love a good bonfire, and so there's always firewood waiting outside to throw in our fire pit. And uh, I hope that one day we can have you over to burn some wood and talk about stuff. Or just gaze into the fire. But we had some friends over last week. My wife cooked up an incredible meal. The turkey was just so good. Um, 
And so, but that last, uh, last Monday, it was really life-giving for me. You know, we as Christ followers broke bread and encouraged each other in the simple things of life. You know, no, nothing like crazy, just hanging out with each other. And so over the years, I can recall moments when my hope was low. My emotional reservoir for hope that John Piper talked about was drained. But I was able to lean on friends. I was walking through a pretty dark time in my life, and I remember getting a call from David Binion. And he said, listen, if you need to cuss or yell or whatever, you do it right here with me. And so it was kind of one of those, the buck stops here vibe, you know. Uh, He was a true friend extending hope over a bridge of trust that was built over time. And I didn't cuss is what he's saying, he thinks. (laughs) I did, no, I, I didn't. But this type of hope reminds me of the truth found in Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all time, but a brother is born for adversity. Sometimes we just need someone to hold up our arms and just be there for us. So I want to encourage you to lean on those people during those moments of hopelessness. Maybe you feel like, where are my people? I don't have those people. The Lord cares about every aspect of our lives. Do you know that? Right down to the people around us. If you don't feel like you have those people in your life, ask the Lord to bring those people into your life. I've been really blessed over the years to have great friends, um, but there have been seasons when my wife and I have intentionally asked the Lord to bring friends, not because we lacked, but because we needed friends. You know, friends, there's... Friendships, uh, multiple friendships are healthy because you can't get any one thing from any one person. Every friendship that I have is something different for me and for them. And so the benefit of having multiple friends is just that. You don't have to put it all on one person. And then when something hits the fan, you got a whole army around you hanging out, waiting, waiting in the wings. What can we do? Having friends on social media is fine and all, or followers, as they say. And honestly, sometimes even powerful when a prayer request goes out to thousands of eyeballs that know how to pray. You know, we experienced that. Pastor David's eye, a couple years ago, I remember texting Nicole, and I was like, hey, you cool if I post this? I mean, I don't have a lot of followers, but still, there's unity, right? Where there's, one, where there's two or more, Jesus is there, and so... We, we started blasting that all over the social media and the Lord answered the call and well, now he's got a resurrected vision as he says. And, and then he wrote this whole record and we finally recorded it and thank God it's almost off my plate. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you guys are absolutely going to enjoy that record when it comes out. I guarantee it. Holy cow. Um, but as a rule... I am of the camp that quality over quantity is always king. 
So there's nothing like having those key folks in your life that know how to contend for hope. All right, point number two. Tanner, I see you taking notes over there. That's good. I'm being prophetic right now. Uh, No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I wasn't being prophetic. I was getting on to him in front of y'all. No, that's another joke. 649. We can do this. I hope we can do this. Number two, uh, my wife gave me this point, by the way. So I was like, babe, I need a good number two. She's like, buddy, you do that every morning. I was like, come on, babe. That conversation did not happen. That was a lie. See, all my stories are true, and if they're not, I'll tell you. That, okay. I'm telling you what, the spirit of Pastor David resides up here. It's just every, it permeates the whole. All right, point number two. Love his word. Yeah. Love his word. We're going to read some, some scripture here. Psalm 119, 114. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Psalm 30, verse 7. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love. And with him is plentiful redemption. Some good stuff there. Psalm 147, 11, the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who keep, sorry, in, sorry, let me do that again. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. That's pretty cool. Lamentations 3, 24, the Lord is my portion, my soul, therefore I will hope in him. It's just that simple. Fall in love with what he is saying through scripture. I've always loved the idea of when wanting a fresh word or needing to hear from the Lord, I can literally just flip those pages open and drink from the fountain of hope and life. There really really isn't a more practical application for filling that hope reservoir up, filling that hope reservoir up other than to read the scripture if you don't know where to start well dive into the proverbs and the psalms do one a day i mean after all all the proverbs have one waiting for you for every day of the month did you know that there's 31 of them one for each day the lord knew he knew we needed that and lastly this is my last point I have a feeling that uh, this is going to resonate with a lot of people in this room because I know y'all. I know how y'all roll. Hope, number three, you ready? Hope in Christ. This is that confident expectation and desire that good things, his promises, that type of hope, that's the type of hope we're talking about. Romans 5, 5. Now hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Our hope in Christ will not disappoint. 
Man, that's such a killer truth. Just hits you right in the heart, right in the chest. If you really just kind of sit there and take a minute to think about what that scripture is saying. Hope in Christ will not disappoint. Normal hope, you, it's, it's just what it is. I mean, I hope it happens. Hope in Christ, whew, he's always timely and has exactly what we need. There was, um, I used to live with a couple buddies. Joel was one of those buddies. He was one of my roommates back in the day. We were a bunch of kids, but uh, I was young, and I had just purchased my first house, and um, I was turning off all the lights, just kind of, you know, turning down the house, if you will, and uh, turning off all the lights and getting ready for bed, and I'd been kind of down, and um, I remember singing the song we sang tonight, um, Alpha and Omega. Uh, uh, it had just been released, and I didn't, I couldn't remember where I'd heard it or what, uh, what it was, and I, was, I just kept, so I, I just literally just Googled on my phone the lyrics, and it came up, and I found the, the, the song on iTunes, and I just, I played it, and I just was like, man, this is so good, it's so good. Um, so I'm just kind of singing it as I'm turning off all the lights, shutting down the studio, all that good stuff, and um, I remember sitting at the edge of my bed, um, just kind of, again, like I was down. So sitting at the edge of my bed, and uh, I've only heard the Lord audibly talk to me twice. First time was I was in junior high, and he said, Daniel, do you love me? Holy cow. And the second time was, see, the Lord always knows what you need. You know, I, I grew up in church. I've heard all the messages. I've heard all the truths from the Bible. I try to practice them myself. It's like, but sometimes those simple truths in the Bible is exactly what you need in that moment. You know what he told me? He said, Daniel, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I just began to weep and weep and weep and weep and weep. This song's playing in the background. I'm getting emotional now just thinking about it. When you have an encounter with the Lord, the essence of that moment stays with you. It lives in you. And you, you can tap into that. You can draw from that. That's how strong his presence is. Will we face tough situations in life? Does putting our hope in Christ Jesus negate us from trials and tribulations? Absolutely not. I love what James 1, 2 through 4 says. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I recall over the years sharing this exact advice, not even knowing that I was sharing it, with close friends walking through tough times and sharing with them to flip the script and say, God 
thank you for trusting me with this situation. Thank you for seeing me as a faithful witness to see this situation through. It's probably uh, not the most popular outlook, but it's a biblical approach. And that I will stand by till I meet King Jesus face to face. I want to close with this. Hebrews 6, 9 through 12. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to look, sorry, so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in observing the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. I want to close by putting our faith in action today. I want to put these last two verses into a prayer. Let's pray. Father, place in us a desire and tenacity to continue to have the full assurance of hope until the end. That we may not be sluggish in the pursuit of hope in King Jesus. That we may be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit your promises. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.